Welcome to We Fish ASA, the best darn fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. My name is Steve Sarley. I'm here with my partner, Dave Kranz. We Fish ASA is always pleased to offer you conversation with the most interesting, the most informative, the most entertaining, as well as some of the biggest names in the world of fishing. We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. In particular, St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Calcutta, makers of a line of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion. Daiwa, we've got your bass covered. We certainly do. Daiwa Reels. We Fish ASA presents a new episode of our one-hour podcast each and every week. It's available 24-7 everywhere you get your podcasts. Don't forget to check out our website, wefishasa.com. We Fish ASA is recorded and produced at Berserk Productions in Land Lakes, Florida. Our executive producer is Brad Nearman. Thanks for everything, Brad. On today's show, we welcome Dan Johnston from St. Croix. Dave's going to visit with Boom Boom. Yeah, Fred Boom Boom Roombanis. His son just got into tournament fishing, won his first event fishing a kayak. We're going to let Fred Roombanis on to brag on his son a little bit. Talk a little bit of fishing with one of the best guys around, Fred Boom Boom Roombanis. And I get to spend some time with uh, a good friend and a great guy from Florida, Scott Martin. Yeah, Scott Martin from the Scott Martin Challenge. Scott Martin, son of the legendary Roland Martin. He's fishing in the World Championships in October. Look forward to hearing about that from Scott Martin. But first, Dave Kranz wants to bring out Dan Johnston. Here you go, David. Take it away. As Steve said, I am Dave Kranz. This is the We Fish ASA podcast. And this episode is brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Welcome back, Dan Johnston. Hey, Dave. Thanks for always having me. Oh, no problem. You know, about once a year, Dan, we talk fishing safety because it's a it's a high on the list. And I know there's several things that you and I always bring up about fishing safely. And um, it is an important topic, isn't it? It's something we don't think about enough. And I think, Dave, as much as you and I have fished, it's always the time where we're like, man, I wish I'd have brought that. And it's the time you don't have it is when you certainly think about it. But I think I think it's a really important topic, and I think we could hit on a few levels. You know, obviously, um, understanding currents and driving boats and reading waves and boat right away and channel markers and all those things is one topic. And then you've got the personal protection of sun. Uh, sunglasses, um, all those things, sun, I'm talking about, you know, sunscreen. Uh, and then lastly, and certainly not least, you know, um, well, I would throw life jackets obviously in there too, but uh, lastly, but not least certainly would be, you know, if you happen to get a hook in you or if you get a little cut, you know, or something like that, just, you know, being able to, uh, be prepared. So when things like that happen, uh, you're, you're in a situation where you can, you can get out of it, uh, much easier. Absolutely. And you say life jackets. And I just got back from the St. Lawrence River fishing the uh, Toyota series up there. And on my practice days, I'm in the boat by myself with that current and that depth and the cold water. And you're in remote areas where there's not a lot of people around in certain places, depending on what side of the islands you're on, on the U.S. or Canadian side. I never take my life jacket off, even when I'm fishing, when I'm practicing and I'm by myself, because it, it, it's a safety issue, 100 percent. Well, anymore, they're so small, these inflatables, you know, I, I do take it off. I mean, obviously, if I'm at a tournament, I'm required to wear it when I'm running. It's hooked to my kill switch like yours is. But, you know, I, I take it off. I shouldn't. I think the older I get, the more I'll 
I, I, and I should leave it on all the time. They're, they're so small or out of the way, you kind of forget they're there. And all it takes is that one time. I fell out of the boat in Mark Twain Lake in Missouri one time because I hit a stick with my trolling motor and when I was younger and went right in, you know, and things can happen. So I, I, I think I'm a... Oh, I did want to spend a little bit of time talking about the hook thing. And here's what I'd recommend. Um, is it, I, I want to talk about this on a couple fronts. Number one, if you're around kids or um, certainly people that travel like into the boundary waters or way up into Canada and you're in a canoe and I debarb, always used to debarb my hooks when I would go on trips like that. It's just not worth it. It takes two seconds with a pair of needle nose, you flatten it down. And if you ever do get one in you, which I've done debarbed, they come right out. And you're really glad you did it. And, you know, and then secondly in my boat, I have a big pair of dikes. I spent a lot of money on them. They're good ones. They'll cut any hook out there. I don't care what gauge it is. And I've had to use those before too. And then I also got very adept at learning how to take a hook out. I've taken four or five of them out of me and probably eight or 10 out of other people with the heavy line. It's right online. You can do a search on it, but learn how to do that because if you do get a hook in you or somebody else, the first thing to do is analyze it. My dad's a physician. So he taught me how to know when you could at least try it and when you shouldn't. And if you're questionable, don't take it out, go to the hospital. But vast majority of times, if you know how to take them out, you can just take them out. And then I carry a little antibiotic and Neosporin and I'm fishing the rest of the day. So I, I think that was something I really wanted to hit because I'm not, I don't care who's listening on this episode. If you fish to any degree, sooner or later, you're going to get one in you or somebody that's with you is going to get one in them. Absolutely. It's, it happens and it's going to happen. And, and some of the ways it happens, you're not even fishing when it happens. Uh, uh, keep a, a, a cover on your, your baits, you know, especially your treble hooks and, and crankbaits and topwaters and things like that. Keep a, a, a lure cover on those because you'll reach into your rod locker to grab one and sometimes you grab the wrong spot. Yeah, or just, you know, rubbing your carpet down with your hands. Let's say you spill something on it. So you're rubbing it out with your fingers and you got a worm hook sitting in your carpet and you don't know it. There's a lot of things that are a treble hook is even worse. But a lot, you know, it's just the little things. We always say preparation is so important. And people hear this topic and they're like, yeah, I want to hear about fishing. I don't want to hear about safety. But I'll tell you what, you're ever in these situations, it could be as important a topic as we've ever done. And I'd say the same thing about sunglasses, Dave. I mean, I just don't take them off when I'm fishing. And my eyes are light sensitive, which is an issue. But number two, it's helped me catch thousands of fish because I can see, I can see underwater things. I can see a lot better than without them. But most importantly is those hook sets in shallow water. You're fishing with somebody else and they set the hook on a top water and it comes flying back at you. And man, it takes one time. And if there's any part you want to protect it, your eyes. Absolutely. Nope. I 100% agree. And like I said, we cover this topic about once a year and eyewear is always very important as well as being exposed to the elements where I wear long sleeve shirts anymore. I wear uh, gloves on my hands, AFCO gloves. I wear, you know, the, the face mask. I'll, I'll wear, uh, you know, all of that to, to leave as little to the sun as I can, because uh, that's an issue too. We've all done it wrong for so many years. Yeah, we take it for granted. We get out there fishing. It's early morning and low light. We're not getting sunburned and we're catching them real good and we forget to put it on and you get in at night and you're like a lobster. And I think that, you know, I have people very close to me right now, very close to me um, that have skin cancer 
because of, according to their doctor, because of too much sun exposure, specifically from fishing, is what they've been told. So I, you know, I don't really want to go down that road. So I think that's important. You know, and again, we're not here to scare people. I, I think it's just, uh, I think we're doing a service by making people aware of these things. And if you just plan for them, put a little first aid kit in your boat or in your tackle box. They don't take up much room. Again, some type of antibiotic. I have a pair of tweezers in mine. I have a Band-Aid. There's a product out there called Liquid Band-Aid that's amazing. You get a cut, you put it on it, it stings like crazy for a second, which is a good thing, but then it forms this soft, flexible uh, bandage over the wound. And I so many times, if I, I tell you, anybody that's listening too, if you've ever been cut by a fish like Guild and you don't clean that out, three, four days later, you wish you would have. And, yep. and I, I, so I think a lot of these things are just the little things that we can do to just make fishing more enjoyable. Absolutely. And, and grabbing the line, um, especially the braids that, and your boat starts moving, you will get cut. It, and it can cut you very, very deeply and you got to be careful. And I, I always keep a little block of wood in my, uh, boat so that if I get snagged, I can wrap it around the braid and I can pull it out. It'll bend out most hooks if it doesn't break the lure off. Um, but do not grab it with your hands because boat movement, wind, current, just the boat moving a little bit, um, uh, you can get cut, and I, and I think we all have. Well, I did last week in Lake Erie. <laughs> yeah. I got hung up, and I, I grabbed the line, and I know better. We've done episodes on this. It cut right into my finger. And, you know, so, yeah, it's those little things that um extremely important. And a lot of it, again, is not only planning in advance and having the things on your person. Those dikes, I'm telling you right now, don't go without something that can cut a hook itself. Things like that. But then equally as important, learn what to do if it happens. And I, I think that hook extraction thing is something I really wanted to mention because it's not difficult. It's not. And it, I've, I've, I've never tried it where it didn't work. And I've never, I've never had to do it where I regretted having known how to do it. it it's Again, it's something that... Uh, uh, we should all know how to do, I, I did a fly casting class one time and I had a lady get a fly in her arm and I did the old, I'm going to get this thing on three and I did one, two and pulled it on two and she didn't know what I did. It was out, treated it, she was fine. And, you know, so I, I think uh, all of these topics we're talking about, the last thing we want to do is not mention one that have somebody be a victim to something because we didn't. Yeah, and, and there's different ways to approach how you fish uh, an area too. If you've got multiple people in the in the boat, and and you've got two right-handers or two left-handers or whatever, you, you can approach that site by fishing the opposite side of the boat so that the, the hooks are farther away from each other. And and if you just think about it, you know, if you're all on the right side and you're in the front of the boat, you're you're out in front of the boat when you're casting. If you're if you're casting sideways, you, you don't have to be thrown straight. You can approach these, these uh, fishing areas a little differently so that you can, all it takes is you not paying attention and a guy is excited he sees that you're fishing topwater and he sees one come up and he turns around and he you know leans this way and puts a seven foot rod back there and all of a sudden he's got the guy in the arm or the ear or something and so think about how you're presenting the bait also to, to avoid those situations yeah i'd speak to that on two fronts specific to fishing itself number one when you land a fish know how to grab it whether it's a walleye catfish obviously bass if you're gonna lip a bass lip it with authority usually it's the little ones that get you because <laughs> people kind of lip them weak and they shake and they get a hook in you so just do it with authority learn how to grab them but secondly understand what baits do obviously if it's a sarah spook and it's floating on the top of the water 
and somebody's setting the hook with an upward motion, that thing could come out of the water if they miss it. Or if it's a football jig in 30 foot of water, that's not going to happen. And I know that sounds like common sense, but if somebody's throwing a topwater bait in my boat, I'm very aware of what they're throwing. If I hear something blow up on it, my first instinct is to look at it. And I'll do that, but I'm very aware of where that person sets that hook and how they swing. And if they set the hook at me, even if they catch the fish, I'll say, hey, man, watch that, because that's a topwater. And you get two or three people in the boat. We've all had a topwater whizzing back at us. So yep. little things like that, you know, we usually learn because it's got us at some point in the past. It, it is always just the little things that can make a, a, what's supposed to be a fun day a not a fun day. And, you know, I'm sure we'll do this topic again in about a year. We cover it every year, and it's an important one. And uh, just be careful out there and enjoy the what we have as a gift of being outside. And uh, I always uh, appreciate you being on, Dan. Hey, thanks so much, Dave. Oh, no problem. That was Dan Johnston. I am Dave Cran. Steve Sarley is remote, and this segment was brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. The We Fish ASA podcast will be right back. Rule your water. Rule it with a St. Croix rod. Whether you take to the lake, wade the rivers, or cast from shore, St. Croix provides responsive performance, ensuring your success below every surface. With a St. Croix rod in hand, you're a part of a celebrated tradition that has spanned 70 years. Touch, power, and control are right at your fingertips and extend to you the finest fishing experience on the planet. St. Croix, the best rods on earth. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit KeepAmericaFishing.org and pledge to pitch it. Welcome back to the We Fish ASA podcast. I am Dave Cran. Steve Sarley is remote, and this segment is brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. I always like to say that everybody I get to interview on this segment has a passion for the outdoors. My next guest certainly does. He is Fred Robanis. How you doing, Fred? I'm doing great, Dave. Uh, well, good to talk to you. So, um, you're doing the Bass Pro Tour, uh, and, um, you know, that there's a lot of people at first were like, okay, is this format going to work? But uh, as it turns out, it is so entertaining, and people that don't even care about bass fishing start watching it and see the competitiveness and the and the uh the the frustration in the other anglers they just they can be flipping by it and all of a sudden they see it and it's like oh so and so just caught another two pound four ounce and i mean how is how are you handling all that gosh you know it, it, it's definitely taking fishing to a whole other level um since we, we went this direction and uh man it's just it, it's energetic to the point where I mean, it comes down to the last. If you watch any of the any of the, the events unfold, it comes down in, in every 
section of the event. It comes out last second. I mean, even then, you you know, they got about, I don't know, five, ten minutes where score trackers are still up updating. Um, and you're just not sure if you made the cut or not. I've been on that cut line, and uh, it there's nothing like it. I mean, the stress, the... I think my hair turned gray, like, over, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's aged me a bunch in just a couple of years. Yeah. It, <laughs> I love it though. It's entertaining to watch because sometimes you see the guys that are in the top, you know, two, three spots and you wonder if it's the right thing to do if you don't get first and get, you know, automatically moving forward. Um, are you burning fish that you might need the next time you get to get out there? Yeah. And, and, you know, on, on a five fish format, there's a lot of, I don't know, just conserve these spots. Like, look, I'll get two out of this area. I'll go catch one over here. But in this format, you have to catch everything just to be competitive. So you, you do burn through your fish pretty quick. Now, the nice thing is we do release them yep. right when we catch them. So there is a better chance of catching those fish again. Um, I can't say I don't really recall any fish I've caught again twice. So, But, I mean, it, it, does, it does happen. So, I mean, it's just knowing those fish do get – released back in the same area. I think that's a huge plus, especially just as the sport grows. And, you know, there's so many events out here. These fish do need to be um, protected a little bit better. Yeah, and from the conservation uh, aspect, absolutely. Yeah. It, it's better for the fishery. It's it's better for the fish and, and possibly, I mean, we take care of them. And for those that don't know and that aren't involved in tournaments, as, as tournament anglers, we have to take care of these fish. Otherwise, we get penalized uh, in the five-fish format, uh, I think it, most of them are quarter pounds. Some of the smaller clubs have gone to where they're penalizing a pound. And, and that's substantial, especially at any level, because you don't want to lose that weight. But uh, taking care of the resource has got to be number one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it's all, uh, all good stuff. So next year, uh, you're, you're doing the same thing on the Bass Pro Tour. Uh, and uh, uh, are you excited about the schedule? Is that out yet? Yeah, you know, I... I, I I've been so busy the last uh, couple of weeks. I haven't, I mean, I got the schedule. I kind of briefly looked at it. It looks pretty good. I mean, it's probably not my favorite picks, but there's also, you know, there's always a new body water. I love seeing something new that I've never fished. I always feel like without any kind of history or, or preconceived notion of what to do, I, I, I just, I do better. So I like having one of those in there. Um, it, it overall looks pretty good. Um, but if you ask me which locations I wouldn't be able to tell you offhand, I just yep, remember yep. looking at it real quick. So I'm doing that. And then they, you know, they changed things up, you know, COVID obviously, you know, slowed things in the non-endemic of the fishing world. I think fishing actually took off pretty dang good, but, um, because of, of that and, and major league fishing, I think is probably mostly non-endemic sponsors. We've had, had some cuts and changes and it looks like we're going to um, no longer have the pro circuit next year but we'll have the invitationals which is a stepping stone to get to the bass pro tour so um we're going to be allowed to kind of cherry pick whichever ones we want to fish or fish all of them so um i think i'm probably going to jump in all of those as well and uh, and just try to fill my plate next year i want to fish a lot and uh I, I tend to do a little better when i'm on the water more I think that everybody who has the opportunity uh, to do professional fishing full-time has an advantage over the guys that are jumping into what is, uh, was, you know, or is the Toyota series and having a chance to make it to the next level. Now they're invitationals. But I, I think they increased the number of people they're letting in those invitations, aren't they? Isn't it like 150? Yeah, it'll be 100. It'll, it'll be capped. I, I, I think it's capped, but it, it, 150, yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, which, you know, it, that's interesting. So uh, you were saying about 
the schedule and sometimes you like going somewhere new. The, in the past, it seems like the home field advantage hasn't been an advantage to many anglers of, of having a, a big tournament uh, on their own body of water because the guys that come in and figure out what's going on for those days of the tournament are the ones that actually do well. Yeah, because there's somebody that's going to run into a scenario where the fish are, are grouped up or there's some kind of, uh, you know, something that, that uh, you know, a local guy would probably miss. And, and that happened. I, I have gone back to my local waters for tournaments and it's never worked out for me. So, yeah, it, um, yeah, for sure. And it's hard to get out of that mold. So let's talk about something else that's really exciting. Uh, I yeah. saw the press release for your 15-year-old son winning a kayak tournament. And uh, tell us a little bit about uh, uh, Be the Proud Dad. Tell us about that. Well, yeah, obviously that was like <laughs> the highlight of the year for us over here. Um, my my son, uh, you know, a couple years back, I had actually met a guy coming out of one of the creeks here at Lake Darnell. I was trying to do my practice on on a, on a Toyota series here, but doing it, my boat's wrapped and everything. I wanted to do it well in advance. It was a couple weeks prior um, just to go to some sneaky spots. And this guy's coming out of a creek in a kayak. And I could just tell he knew what he was doing. His name was Drew Gregory. And um, I got to talking to him a little bit there. We really just chatted it up for a while. And um, he turns out he's he works for Crescent Kayaks. He's one of the top pros in the kayak fishing world. And um, he, he designs these kayaks. Well, um, kept in touch with them. He ran into myself and my son at ICAS. And they've kind of, you know, through social media, they've kept in touch. And he said, hey, I got a tournament Darnell. I would love to bring you know, this is all talk between Jackson and I. I'm, I'm not even involved in this. Yeah, he's wants to give him a good deal in this new Sholey kayak by Crescent, a shallow water um, kayak that he designed. He'd like to get Jack in it and give him a smoking good deal on it. And uh, so he had it brought out, and he said, "You know, you could probably enter this tournament." He goes, "Well, I, my, my son, we've tried to get him in VFLs, but you got to be 16 years of age to right. get him in. You know, with with a parental consent. Well, in the kayak world." because it's just the individual person in the kayak. There's no other liabilities. He could um, sign a waiver and get in. Well, I really wasn't even planning on making it back for the weekend to, to, to witness any of this and wasn't even sure he was really serious about fishing the, the kayak tournament because he really never fished out of a kayak to begin with. He's always bass fished on a boat. He's done great in the youth leagues. He's two-time angler of the year in the youth leagues. and um, I mean, he's just a really good fisherman and fishes all the time. But out of a kayak, that's a whole other situation. So we go, we meet him on a Wednesday, pick up this kayak. He gives him the rundown, gives him the board. Jackson signs up for the Hobie DOS kayak tournament. And um, the only day he got on the water was, so I'm coaching my youngest son in football. So I, I he's got football practice at 530. I dropped Jackson off with his kayak at a ramp here in the Illinois Bayou area. He goes out for a couple hours. I get back from football practice, I pick him up. We throw it in the back of the pickup and went, that's all the practice he got. <laughs> and he never caught a fish in it. He just paddled because it's a paddling kayak. It's not yeah. pedal driven or anything like that. Um, so I, you know, I, I go to the meeting, the briefings on Friday, you know, he, he's got school, so he's not, it's not like he can practice. Yep. Um, and he really hasn't fished Lake Darnell in a while. Cause we got a lot of cool little lakes that are troll motor only around. That's where he likes to spend his time. Sure. Um, so he, so we, I, he says, Hey, take me up to the Spadra launch ramp. Um, I think I got enough things to fish, and I don't want him going too far. Kind of, right, you know, I'm right. obviously a, a nervous dad, too, even though sure. I feel like he can catch him. I drop him off, and I, I kind of sit there and watch him. He doesn't catch him yet until I was probably making him nervous or something. So I left. I had to coach a football game. I get home. 
and I look at the uh, Tony X app on my phone, and he's leading it. <laughs> and, and, you know, you would think, oh, that's not a surprise. Jackson knows his water. But there's a lot more to it. you got to measure these fish. You can get penalties on measuring them wrong. I mean, he did everything really good. I saw that he was at 74, 75 inches, and I'm thinking, oh, boy, did he, like, submit the same fish multiple times or a mistake? Well, because he didn't have any um, history on that app, it shows your top four fish, and they're all different measurements of mm. your career. Yeah. So his first four fish were as big as his career. I'm like, holy smoke, he's catching them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, I'm not on the football field looking at my phone, looking at the guy, and he's, he's juggling around first to third all day long. I think he fell down to third place. Um, and then the next day of the event, um, he goes back up there, and now I don't, you know, I'm, I, can, I can sit there and, we got a few buddies and, and family, so we're just kind of watching him, and I'm sure that didn't didn't help. No, <laughs> he started. He got a little flurry and caught caught some fish. He said he caught 27 keepers the first day. We saw him catch about 10 on that second day. Wow. Well, they shut the the deal off at two o'clock. Yeah, and uh, at two o'clock to two thirties lines in, and then they can actually pr- put all their fish in up until I believe three or three thirty. So at two o'clock, he was leading. But it's by inches, so it wasn't very right. much. I mean, right. like an inch and a half, maybe. But there's a lot of guys that sandbag. You know, they don't put the fish in at all. Maybe sure. the kayakers around. They just want to keep it interesting. The meeting's at 4.30. We have no idea if he's... You know, we, we go to the meeting. They ask for a tax form. So we knew he was getting paid. So at that point, we know he got at least a top 14. Right. And um, so we just sat there and watched them go down, all the, all the top anglers. And, I mean, it got real tight at the top as far as inches. And it came down to... The top three make their championship. But all these guys are here. So you got 141 of the best kayakers that done this for years. And now we're talking about top three making the championship. And he is now in the top three. Third place um, gets, you know, gets his uh, big Happy Gilmore check and, and everything <laughs> else. And then they go to second and third. Well, it turns out it was a tie. Yeah. And so Francis and Jackson are standing there and they go off of, a tiebreaker that day, big bass of that day. Well, they had the same size big bass. And then they went back to day one's big bass. And I said, only one had one over 18 inches. And I was like, man, Jack had like an 18 and a half, but I don't think he had one, a 19. You know, so we're thinking, okay, he got second. Well, it turned out his 18.5 was, was big fish. So he ended up winning the whole thing. And talk about exciting. Cause a lot of tournaments, <laughs> you know who won before it happened. Yep. Nobody knew. No, no. Um, and it, and it went wild in there. That is so cool, and I love I love hearing the excitement in your voice and the the, the being the proud dad and, and doing that. And uh, I'm up against the clock, though, Fred. But um, awesome, and I'm Sorry. I'm so glad we were able to, to talk about Jackson's win. And I I'm sure it won't be his last. You he's got a pretty good pedigree in the bass world with you as his dad, and uh, we're uh, looking forward in the future to have both you and Jackson on at some point. And uh, appreciate your time. And I appreciate it. Thank you, Dave. Oh, no problem. That was Fred Vabanis. I am Dave Kranz. Steve Sarley is remote. And this segment was brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. The We Fish ASA podcast will be right back. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. 
Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. Calcutta, we're an outdoor coastal trading company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. Born in the back of a Florida bait and tackle shop, Calcutta was created with a rebellious spirit and a goal to offer hardworking outdoor products at a reasonable price. Calcutta builds the products that fit your lifestyle. We're on a mission to help you reclaim your free time and to declare mutiny on the mundane. Depend on Calcutta gear and apparel. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting reel. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Tatula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. Welcome back to We Fish ASA, the best darn fishing show on the radio, the internet, and the entire USA. Please don't forget that We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. Please help to ensure the future of fishing by visiting keepamericafishing.org. And if you're an industry professional, please consider joining the American Sport Fishing Association by visiting asafishing.org. With us now is uh, somebody who is in the news. I guess he's always in the news. Uh, he's always winning things, doing things, stirring the pot. One of the most popular fishermen on the planet, one of the most successful fishermen. Please welcome our friend, Scott Martin. Hey, Scott, how are you doing? Well, I'm doing fine, Steve. Appreciate you having me on. we get bad service right now. We're, we're right in the middle of a hurricane, but I wanted to jump on before we before we got hit directly by this cat three or four or whatever it's going to be. So this might be our last interview for a while. When, when is that supposed to hit today? This, this is, uh, this is Tuesday. We're recording on Tuesday. Uh, the show begins yeah, airing on Wednesday. What? Yeah. When, when do you get 24 hours or so? Wow. That, that is amazing. And uh, shout out to my executive producer, uh, Brad Nearman and his family uh, who told me, get this interview to me this morning because I'm packing up my new baby Max and my, my honey Olivia, and we're getting the heck out of here. They're evacuating. They're in Land of Lakes up by, uh, uh, up by Tampa, St. Pete. So it, it's going to be a bad one, and thanks for doing this. Yeah, no, it's that time of the year. We have to deal with these. But this one doesn't – this one seems a little different. I'm worried about this one to do a little – this one's going to do a little more damage than, than normal. So Not good. Not, stay safe, but, but yeah. Not good at all. Hey, I got a press release uh, just in, in the last 12 hours that uh, kicking off the uh, uh, 2022, the 16th Bass Fishing World Championship is coming up in just a couple of weeks. And uh, there are four pairs of anglers that are uh, on board for this, fishing at uh, Lake Murray in South Carolina, October 16th through the 22nd. And uh, you are 
uh, not a, a, a rookie to this. You've fished in the Bass Fishing World Championships before. As a matter of fact, you're a gold medal winner in the Bass Fishing World Champions. Uh, tell us about this event coming up in, in October. It's phenomenal, isn't it? Oh, it really is. You know, we, we got this going about four or five years, about four years ago. And, man, it was really rocking along good. You know, we went to Mexico and won gold medal. We went to South Africa and got silver. We've been to Canada. You know, we've, we've done events here in, in, in the States. But then COVID hit, you know, and kind of, kind of put a halt to all this international fishing because of, obviously, all the travel restrictions these other countries. Here's, what, here's what's neat about this event. We have 25 countries competing in this event, 25. I mean, so to put that in perspective, we have countries like Germany. Guess how many largemouth bass are in Germany? Zero. <laughs> There's no largemouth bass in Germany. But yet they have a team, and these are all serious fishermen. You know, I'm super impressed with the caliber of fishermen that these countries are sending. You know, we've we've got we've got 25 countries represented. I mean, it's it's an amazing thing, and uh, this is the most fun event that I've ever competed in. And it and it you know it stands for a lot as well. There's no money. You know, we're not winning money. We're winning gold medals and all that. And and it's it's awesome. You know, to kind of propel the sport this way. And uh, Team USA, it's, you know, consists of myself and Scott Canterbury, Jacob Wheeler, and, and uh, David Dudley, Mark Rose, Anthony Gagliardi, and Fred Rubanis and James Watson. So we've got a really, really good stacked team right there. And I feel good about Lake Murray here in about another month. Hopefully we'll, uh, we'll, we'll do everybody proud and win gold. Excellent. Absolutely fantastic. So, uh, uh, there's so much that I've read about how well you and Scott Canterbury mesh as partners in the boat. Uh, is that true or is that just public relations hooey? I'm so sorry the phone broke up. Say that one more time. I said, I, I, you know, I've read a lot of things about you and Scott Canterbury being great boat partners, great yeah. fishing partners. Is that just a bunch of PR hooey or is that the truth? No, no, we're good buddies. We're good buddies. You know, we travel on tour. You know, Canterbury, he's like a bulldog, man. I mean, he is like, he's ready He's ready to go out and jack him up. And, and I think our, our styles fit well. He, we're, you know, we're both very versatile, but we, we, fish, we fish good together. I think we've, we, we've done well together. We've, we've been on the same team on the Team USA deal since, since we started this thing. And we've done, we've done well. How much preparation is there for this Bass Fishing World Championship? Or you just finish your uh, tournament commitments and it's just another on the list, or is it something you've been working on all year? You know, it's, it's definitely something that we've, we've, uh, we've been working on. You know, we, we, we do a lot of research on the lake, do as much as we can to, to, uh, to get, you know, to do well, you know, and, um, and, and it's a big deal. There's a lot going on. There's a big concert involved with this event as well. And we get big festivities. And we encourage the fans to come out and watch the event, you know, the weigh-in, and uh, and be part of this. So it's going to be, be awesome. The other thing that's really cool for the listeners that are listening right now, we have an opportunity to let some people, whoever, whoever wants to do it, we've got about 10 spots to be boat captains. And all you have to do to be a boat captain is is obviously have your time the 18th to the 22nd 
and have a boat, bring your own boat, and we'll pay. We'll pay that person $500 plus all their fuel, and they're part of the event, and they get meals, and it's a big deal. And so if anybody's listening wants to become a boat captain for this event to, to help, you know, to take these other teams around the lake, uh, you know, definitely, definitely, um, you know, I'll get a number pulled up here in a minute and I'll, and I'll share the number with you. I, I appreciate that. I, cer- I certainly do. Uh, this is not just a tournament. Uh, this is unbelievably big. Uh, we, we follow Bassmasters. We follow Major League Fishing here. Uh, this is not in that category of fishing. This is something completely separate. And if we're not careful, it'll fall through the cracks, and it shouldn't. Because other than the fact that we want the United States of America and this excellent fishing team to become world champions again, there's other things uh, that are predicated on this. Uh, there's been an awful lot of hard work put in by, by USA Bass to get consideration to have bass fishing made an Olympic sport again, I think that this championship at Lake Murray is going to throw the spotlight on that. And I think any possibility of bass fishing being an Olympic sport again is going to be predicated on how this bass fishing world championship comes off. Do you agree with me? Yeah. No, it's a big deal. I mean, what we're what we're trying to create here and and push is is has been awesome. You know, the guys at USA Bass have been working diligently. The whole organization, the the whole the whole the whole organization's been working on getting this pulled off. I mean, you have to have to, to become an Olympic sport. You have to have a certain amount. I don't know the number, but a, but a good portion of the countries in in the world able to participate, and that's what we're doing. So again, when we talk about having Countries like Germany and Switzerland and, and South Africa and Zimbabwe and and Brazil and Venezuela. There's no large mouth bass in Venezuela, but yet we have we have they have teams. And so this is a really big deal. And uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna have a lot of fun with this event, you know. And and I really appreciate people like you, you know, giving us the spotlight to get the word out because, you know, this is a this is a big deal and a big opportunity for the entire industry. Excellent. Good explanation. Hey, man, uh, do you get to socialize or spend much time talking to the other anglers on the team from around the world? Oh, yeah, they're great. Oh, great. Yeah, we, we have captain's meetings and dinners, and we get to walk around, and we we, we, uh, we get to interact with all of them and trade jerseys, and everybody's just been awesome. I mean, it, it, the people on these other teams are, like I said, I'm so impressed with their skill level because, again, so many of these countries don't have a robust fishing uh, bass fishing population, and yet they have a great team with very educated anglers and just hungry and wanting to win. And it's really neat to see how the, the how this all goes down. Yeah, for sure. And uh, the amazing thing, talking about the other teams and, and being good guys and all that, I, you know, I look at the list of guys competing for the USA team. You know, you you and your partner, Scott Canterbury, uh, Fred Boom Boom Rubanis with James Watson, Mark Rose is fish with Anthony Gagliardi, and uh, a couple of, uh, of newer names uh, people might have heard of, David Dudley and Jacob Wheeler are going to be fishing together for, I'm guessing that'll be the first time they've been in a boat together. Bunch of nice guys. I, I don't see a bad guy in this bunch. Uh, good people, a lot of good Christians, a lot of good family men, great fishermen. 
But what a great way to show off uh, the USA, Team USA, is by having these eight superior human beings fishing on this team. It, it's, it's so good to see that. No, it is. It's to have Jacob Wheeler to be part of it this year, and hopefully going forward, I'm sure he'll be part of it. And Anthony Gagliardi this year, having him being part of the, the Team USA. I mean, we've got such a such a interesting, you know, we really, when you break it down, such an interesting group of anglers, you know, from from veterans, you know, 25-year veterans, uh, all the way all the way to the number one in the world. So we've got a we've got a really really good solid group of anglers there on our team. Yeah, it is, it is definitely good to see, and and a and a great roster of. Uh... A great roster of sponsors for this. Uh, there's so many companies that have uh, put their efforts, the time, effort, uh, money into this. It, it's a it's a great list, and I'm sure we can't uh, uh, we can't mention them all. But uh, I, I definitely would like people to check it out on the internet and support those people that support the Bass Fishing World Championship and Team USA. Uh, yeah, they, exactly. They, you know, let's pay I, them I back. What? I want to say to that is one, we want to say a huge thank you to Capital City Lake Murray country. You know, uh, Miriam and the good folks there around the Lake Murray, Columbia area have really supported us. And that's a huge deal. Without support from host cities around the country, you know, we couldn't pull off an event like this. So that's a huge deal. So, you know, I want to say a huge thank you to, to Lake Murray. It's a big deal. And then our sponsors, you know, and I can't name them all, but we've got a great group of sponsors. And, and it's it's so important. And if anybody's listening to this and they want to become a sponsor of the Team USA organization, you know, that all that money goes 100% towards us fishing these events. It goes 100% towards uh, us traveling to these other countries. There's no, we're not making any money on this deal. There's no payouts. You know, we're, we're all donating our time and our efforts to, to support this. And so... These sponsors that participate, you know, they, they do a lot of good, more than more than more than you know. So uh, we want to say a huge thank you to all of them, but also encourage anybody listening, if you want to become a sponsor of Team USA, reach out to us and uh, and jump on on board. Excellent, excellent, great message. Uh, we're with Scott Martin, uh, one of the most popular fishermen in the country, one of the best fishermen in the country. Uh, storied career, he's done it all. We'll talk about more. Uh, than just the Bass Fishing World Championship, which is obviously huge right now, but there's plenty to talk to Scott Martin about. We are We Fish ASA. I'm Steve Sarley with Scott Martin. We'll be right back after this. For most anglers, the unexpected is expected. But what you can do is take matters into the seat of your, well, shorts. Meet Aftco's Overboard Shorts, winner of the iCast Best in Category for Technical Clothing. Built with a 100% submersible pocket that keeps the unexpected dry dock for the other guy. Overboard keeps the good times rolling and your valuables safe for the next adventure. Overboard Shorts from Aftco. Learn more at aftco.com overboard. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting rail. 
while Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Tatula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. The St. Croix story has evolved over 70 years. With gritty determination, St. Croix built the most advanced fishing rod facility in the world. And with it, a world-class brand that has earned the respect and admiration of anglers around the planet. We will continue to challenge ourselves, our employees, and our partners to be the best every day. We're proud to celebrate 70 years of passion and commitment to making the best rods on earth, St. Croix. Welcome back to We Fish ASA. We're back with Scott Martin. I'm Steve Sarley. Don't forget that the We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. Uh, talking to Scott Martin about fishing in the Bass Fishing World Championships on October 16th through 22nd, Lake Murray, Columbia, South Carolina. Just want to throw in one thing that uh, Scott had talked about earlier. They are looking for some boat captains. Uh, you'll be paid, reimbursed for gas. You get to spend uh, time on the water with some of the best fishermen in the world. If you've got a little free time, the 18th through the 22nd of October, you can contact USA Bass and possibly become a boat captain. That is a, that's a cool proposition. I think that's great. Um, Scott Martin is one of the uh, uh, toughest guys on the, on the uh, professional bass fishing tour circuits. Uh, he made a bold move to get back in with uh, Bassmaster on the Elites. Uh, you think of Scott Martin just makes a phone call, says, hey, I want to fish in your tournament, and they say, oh, Man, is that exciting. Scott Martin, yeah, come on over. No, they tell Scott Martin, sorry, dude, you're not any better than anybody else. You're going to have to qualify to get back in. Uh, that was yep. the, that was the uh, for lack of a better word, the ballsiest move anybody has made in a long time. Uh, how long did it take you to stop? How long did it take you to make that decision? And how how much were you shaking thinking about it your nerves had to be frayed well they were it was that was a tough battle you know my passion to fish bass was pretty strong so the decision the decision wasn't wasn't uh too hard and i had opportunities to go to go on the mlf side as well and and i you know just weighing out weighing out my passion and, and what i've you know dreamed about my whole life and i can't i you know i can't deny that i want to fish bass and, and get on the elite tour and, and kind of finish the, the legacy. But, you know, that was a tough road to go through the, those opens. It was stressful. It was, uh, you know, didn't make any money at all. Those opens don't, you know, you don't make a lot of money in the opens. But, you know, we pulled it off. We, we got in there and and uh, it was all worth it, obviously. And, but it, it definitely, <laughs> it definitely was was a stressful deal. I, I still don't have fingernails. I'm, my fingernails are still, <laughs> still trying to still trying to grow and i think i got a little extra gray hair through it all but um but it's all good you know it was uh i'm glad i went that way because you know 
I earned it, you know. And, you and did. So I can hang my hat on that and say, you know, hey, I earned it. I'm here, and 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 that makes me feel good. At the end of the day, it gives me gives me confidence and a little little pep in my step. Makes me feel good about it. Yeah, it's funny you said you know to finish the legacy. You're you're not even fifty yet, right? No, no, no. I'm still I'm still forty six. Forty six. You got twenty more years of doing this at least. I don't want to hear about the end of the legacy. You know, I'm sure you don't have any kind of target. Uh, your your dad is still fishing. Your dad is uh, is fishing hard. I talked to him. Uh, I think it was last year. Uh, Last year, the year before, and, and he was guiding every day he has free. Man, oh, man, Roland Martin, uh, as a guide, uh, he, he just can't keep him off the water like we can't keep you off that's the water. Whole, that's the whole reason he's guiding us, because he, he wants to fish every day, and so you might as well get paid to do it. So he enjoys taking people out and teaching them how to fish, and, and, and it's 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 kind of crazy to think that, you know, you can you can go on a guide trip with, with him, but... You know, you can, and, and uh, he enjoys it. Oh, it's, it is absolutely unbelievable. When he looks at your record, and, and I know he's proud of you, uh, you're at the $3 million mark in career winnings, and I've seen numbers that you're just a couple thousand under $3 million and a couple of reports that said you're over $3 million. No matter yeah. what, there's hardly anybody that has won $3 million. That is one of the most select clubs in fishing. Does your dad look at that and shake his head and go, man, I just was bored a little too early? <laughs> he sure would have won a lot of money. He, he would have the record right now for sure if he had the type of success uh, in today's world for sure. But, yeah, I know it's a blessing to be able to, to win what I've won over the years and, and uh, you know, at different levels too, you know, being able to being able to move around a little bit and win, you know, the Forestwood Cup and the Angry Year and, of course, some of the bigger FLW tournaments as well. So, you know, I won on my home lake here. So there's a lot of things that I'm proud of there. And, you know, the last last couple of things that I want to pull off is a, help, you know, get some victories on the Elite Tour and, and, and win a Classic. So, you know, an Angler of the Year wouldn't be too bad either. Yeah, I, I win, win a Classic. I can't imagine what that would would mean to you. I, I you know, I want to, I've been to the classic the last few years and it's an emotional, it's an emotional time watching the guys win. They're so jacked up and so excited. I can't even imagine what it'd be like watching Scott Martin get handed that trophy, man. You, you'd be able to keep it together for that. No, no, that would, that would be a mess. Oh, be a mess. Be, it would be, yeah, it'd be pretty crazy. For sure. I can't, can't even, um, you know, between your reaction and the reaction of the crowd, that everybody in that uh, uh, that weigh-in area would be cheering for you has got to be just a tremendous thought, and I'll be looking forward to that. I, I got a good feeling that that is going to happen. Uh, your TV show, The Scott Martin Challenge, is still doing real well, and I got to ask you, uh, ask you about boats. What you, what you driving? And and sometimes you drive that uh, that uh, new boat. Uh, when when you hit the salt water, you go offshore. That is the most incredible beast I have ever seen. Yeah, the Freeman. That that's that's my that's my little that's my little uh, Zen zone for sure. That's that's where I go to. That's where I go to not worry about fishing tournaments. <laughs> oh 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 my goodness! What do people that get on that boat say when they get on it, step on it, and look around? Oh yeah, the Freeman, the Freeman, the, the Freeman Forty Two, and it's 
it's a it's an awesome boat, a blessing to have it. You know, it's uh, they love they love fishing on the boat. It's it's a great experience. You know, it's just a well built boat. Billy Freeman has done a a fantastic job. It's the it's the number one boat. It's the number one sought after, you know, boat offshore boat like that. You know, bar none. And uh, it's uh, it's awesome to be able to spend some time in it. So we've got we've got her all wrapped up and protected right now from the storm. So hopefully nothing happens. The first time you had that on TV, my, my jaw dropped, and I was like, oh, my God, what the heck is that? Oh, I, I was just blown away. Yeah, no, that's, it's a special boat. I, I enjoy I enjoy doing that. You know, that's one reason I don't hunt a lot, just because I, you know, I like doing a lot of saltwater fishing in the fall. Uh, you, 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 made, you made a great choice, and uh, it, it was part of a package because you changed uh, the provider of your tournament boat at about the same time, didn't you? Yeah, so I'm running Skeeter now. I've been running Skeeter now for, I guess, three years. This will be going on my third year, I believe. So it's been a great boat. The, the, the guys at Skeeter, the guys and the gals at Skeeter are amazing people and, um, you know, good, good company, good family company. And uh, it's been it's been awesome. Hey, you're uh, the Yamaha's on there as well, which are an amazing engine as, as well. Everybody, you know, everybody, nobody can, you know, everybody loves those Yamahas. That's for sure. Yeah, very very good. Um, you you know, uh, uh, you were you're on the, the forefront of this stuff, and and now you you know from fishing at Freeman at Big Boat with the the unbelievably super powered power plant and that thing. There, there are changes in the smaller boats too. Would you like to see them up the horsepower limit uh, for tournament fishing? Yeah, you know, I think that would be good. Actually, I, I do because the boats have gotten so big nowadays and heavy that um, they're not as fast as they, you know, they're, they're not as they're, they're, they don't go as fast anymore because we the boats are bigger and wider, and and so. I think they could go to a 300 horsepower rating on these boats and and be just fine. To be honest with you, I think they could too. And and uh, to to be callous, I guess you look at it and say, hey, the tournament business is all about selling products. You know, and it starts out with the big ticket items, the boats and the motors. Man, if they raised that limit up to 350 or 300. Everybody'd have to go out and buy a new. Everybody'd have to go out and buy a new motor, and then the public would watch the the the, the big guys, uh, you know, with this increased horsepower, and they'd have to go out and buy more powerful motors too. You think it'd be good just from a business basis, but I give them all credit. Major League Fishing and Bassmaster, maybe that's not the most important thing here. Is is selling is selling motors, and and that's a good thing. Yeah, it's kind of a, you know, the other way to look at it too is if everybody went to three hundreds and three fifties, then it would really it would really um, eliminate that two fifty market. And I think, you know, obviously there's a a lot of two fifties sold throughout the country, and that's a, you know, a different motor, different size motor, obviously that they make. And so, yeah. you know, that it doesn't tap into the saltwater side. If everybody's running three hundreds. Some of the saltwater boats are going to have, you know, they're going to start running short on engines throughout the year because 300s is a very popular size in the saltwater market. Yeah, for sure. We'll see where that changes. Uh, a couple other things, you know, uh, talking about uh, the horsepower limit, 
There's an awful lot of talk right now from people on social media about the forward-facing sonar, and man, they got to ban this. It makes fishing too easy. Uh, you make fishing look too easy, Scott Martin, but I don't believe you ever feel it's too easy. Uh, what do you think about these advancements in sonar? Does it help or hurt? It, it allows it allows me as an angler to understand the lake, understand what the fish are doing and how they're reacting, how the bait reacts. I've, I've learned more about fishing in the last three or four years by using the Garmin live scope because it teaches me what these fish are doing and, and how they react to certain weather conditions. You know, in, instead of instead of just spending all your time guessing that they're doing this or that, it, it allows me to, to get a good get a good read on them. But there's obviously times of the year and certain lakes that you go to that, you know, it's going to dominate. Uh, but but as you well see, as you well see with John Fox and some of these other guys, there's plenty of fish shallow that you don't you know you don't have to use a forward-facing sonar to catch. So you know the, the argument the argument I don't I don't agree with the argument we should ban it. I think we should I think it's a tool, and um, you know it's like saying like should we ban trolling motors? I mean is that should we ban should we ban all? I mean, there's lots of things, you know. So, I, I don't think that I don't think we should ban forward-facing sonar. Personally, I like it. I use it a lot, of course. Taught me a lot about fishing, and um, you know, the prices are, are a little high on. I think that's you know, at the end of the day, between you and me and everybody listening, obviously, I think the main reason people are a little bummed about it is because you know it's another add-on where they feel forced to buy it, right? And 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 uh, and that's the rub right now. So I'm sure prices are going to come down, and and you know people are going to you know eventually get get some of that kind of sonar on their boat and they'll be fine. But I think that's the main rub right now. It's like they feel like they have to go buy it, and you know that's a that's a you know fifteen hundred to two thousand dollar investment, you know to 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 move up to that type of sonar. Yeah. But um, you know that that's really the, I think that's really the main rub with a lot of people. They just you know they're mad that they got to go buy something. If they don't buy, it, they don't feel like they can compete. Ah, unbelievable. Good explanation. Hey, the time goes by so fast. I, I want to thank Scott Martin for being with us. Uh, we're taping this on uh, Tuesday morning, and I ran into a, a problem. I needed a guest on short notice, made the call to Scott Martin, who's always incredibly accommodating for me and for We Fish ASA. And, you know, how do you get a better interview from a guy on short notice than we just did with Scott Martin? He's uh, he's ready to uh, face the hurricane that's hitting Florida. Uh, we certainly hope him and his family and his people are all, are all good. I hope my executive producer, Brad Nierman, and Wife Olivia and baby Max are going to be fine. They're abandoning Land of Lakes, Florida, as we speak. It's tough times down there, but Scott Martin reached out and, and helped us out. We really appreciate it. He's one of our favorites. We wish him the best of luck. We wish him and his teammates the best of luck at the 2022 16th Bass Fishing World Championship at Lake Murray, sponsored by USA Bass. Check them out on the internet. Check them out on Facebook. They're all over the place. They're looking for paid boat captains. You can contact them through either of those sources. I think I got it all in. Hey, Scott Martin, thank you very much. I really appreciate you doing this. You're very, you're very, you're very welcome. The phone number, real quick, I, I have it right here. Call John, John Knight at 970 
970-376-5703. John Knight, call him if you want to be a boat captain. I, I hope we can help out, and, and I wish you the best of luck. And, you know, we'll talk to you after you win that gold medal down at Lake Murray. Uh, looking forward to watching that. Scott Martin, right. thank you. Thank you. See you later. Hey, Scott Martin, does it get any better than that? I don't think so. He is one of a kind. He's one of the good ones. That wraps up this week's edition of the We Fish ASA podcast, the best darn fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. I'd like to thank today's guest, Dan Johnston from St. Croix. Fred Boom Boom Room Banis. Great job, Fred. Uh, we, we love following you. You're one of our guys. And... Uh, Absolutely great performance by your son. Good story. And I got to visit with uh, the one and only Scott Martin, host of the Scott Martin Challenge, partner of Scott Canterbury in the Bass Fishing World Championships in October. Scott Martin, thanks for being on with us. I really like that guy. He's uh, he's always been uh, a friend and good for the show. I'd like to thank our sponsors, St. Croix, the best rods on earth, Calcutta, makers of a line of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion, and Daiwa. We've got your bass covered. Boy, Daiwa reels sure do have your bass covered. Remember that We Fish ASA presents a new episode of our one-hour podcast each and every week. Available everywhere you get your podcasts, and don't forget to check us out at wefishasa.com. We take your uh, emails there, so uh, get to that keyboard. Let us know what's on your mind. If you like what you hear, please let us know. If there's something you'd like to hear us talk about or someone we should have on the show, let us know that too. I'm Steve Sarley. My partner is Dave Kranz. We'll see you next week now. Let's go fishing! I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, What's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple. Keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit KeepAmericaFishing.org and pledge to pitch it.